mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one, mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, building the collective conscious. show that's created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens. Man, happy new year. Back in the studio, back in the One Mic studio. Feels kind of good. Took a little break. You know, every now and then you got to take a little break. And there is so much that has transpired (laughs) since the last time we had an opportunity to chat. Man, happy new year, though. I titled this uh, particular podcast, A New Beginning or Return to the Past. And man, we've seen, uh, you know, an election. We've seen uh, the Democrats not only win the White House, but the Congress. And um, sometimes you had to take a moment just to celebrate. It's all right. Uh, sometimes we just, we, we, we're, we're so inundated with the negative that it is um, worthy of pausing and celebrating. And so if you happen to be on the side of the right side of history, if you happen to be a person that uh, wants to see this country at least attempt to try to right its wrongs. I think there's a moment where we need to be celebrating. So this particular episode, a new beginning or return to the past. Folks, have we been here before? And what I'm talking about really in the light of everything that has transpired over the last four years and what culminated into this insurrection at the U.S. state capitol. My question is, have we been here before? You see, throughout American history, we are, we're very good at um, telling a narrative that leaves out very important information. We're very good at highlighting um, the great things, but omitting those things that would even make us better. Have we been here before? Unfortunately, folks, we have been. But let's talk about what is here. What is this present moment? What is this space we're occupying together? Yes, the here is a very divided country. And the question is, why are we here? So we have been here before. We are in a divided country more than we could say 10 years ago, decade ago, generation ago. But we are here again. Now, who among us likes to repeat the same old mistakes? Matter of fact, a wise person would say, learn from your mistakes. But, oh, America, we are here 
yet again. But why are we here? There are four reasons that keep us coming back to this same spot. We take off, we go on a journey, but we return to the same address. Why is that? There are four key reasons. And among them, I'm going to just add a little bit into each one. But there's four key reasons why we keep coming back to this moment. Number one, freedom. Freedom. Mainly, I'm talking about the Constitution and what the Constitution says about its citizens, about the way the country should be ran. We keep coming back to this situation because of freedom, the quest for freedom, for liberty. Um, number one. Number two, equality. We keep coming back to this same spot. The X has been marked by generations of faux mothers and faux fathers. It's been marked in the ground and America keeps coming back to this spot of equality, economic equality, educational equality, housing equality, and the list goes on and on. We keep coming back to this spot. The right to vote brings us back. Citizenship, in other words. Who is the real American? Please stand up. The tension between the black and the brown, the white, the Asian. These tensions of who should really claim America as their own keeps bringing us back to this point right citizenship the right to vote and then the fourth thing is participation i've heard so much in the closing weeks up to um the georgia runoff about democracy who's going to control the senate who's going to control in other words our democracy but what i can say for black and brown people as Frederick Douglass says, who's 4th of July? What does it mean to the black man? It means nothing because we have been trying to get into this democracy. Number four, participation in this democracy. I hear about democracy. I hear how great it is. Well, there are I guess, elements of democracy that I have some sort of, uh, I guess, access to. But as far as being in the full democracy, Georgia should have shown you the very fact that, that Trump was going after Fulton County where the majority of blacks vote to disenfranchise them should tell you something. It is still the struggle to participate in this democracy. Those are the four things. They're not new. That's why we are here. I want to look at two inflection points in American history. One being 
the Civil War. Remember I said a new beginning or return to the past. You see, the Civil War was truly fought over slavery, but it was fought over slavery by white Southern supremacists. The Civil War. And you see, what Biden represents is these four. The Civil War was about maintaining the white power structure in America, mainly in southern states. Biden represents this idea of tackling these four important issues. So then again, we're right at a struggle against white supremacy. The Civil War was all about white supremacy. White supremacy is not a new movement. In America. Matter of fact, it was brought here when they arrived here. That's why they call them barbarians, the native people. That's why they took their land because of white supremacy. It's nothing new. So, these four things that keep bringing us back here freedom, equality, right to vote, participation in a democracy. And then the second inflection point is. January 6th, if you were like me, you sat back and you saw the, the, oh man, it was, it was shocking, but predictable. It was horrifying, but understanding. Given what we have been through the last four years, the combination of the assault, the insurrection, the, the domestic terrorist acts. Do you know people smoke weed in the people's house? They peed in the people's house. Five people's died in the people's house. They almost crushed an officer to death. The Confederate flag waved proudly in the people's house. Yes, January 6th. You see black progress in this country. Let's go back because I said our first inflection point was the Civil War. Let's go back. So after the Civil War was ended uh, in some people's mind, you see those running around at the state capitol that had Civil War um, T-shirts on. Um, But black progress, reconstruction, and I'm not going. I'm not going to go into great details, but you should, if you're not aware, you should do some research yourself. But the reconstruction period after the Civil War, the Act of 1867, laid out the process. This was by Congress readmitting Southern states into the Union, and they had the Fourteenth Amendment which provided former slaves with national citizenship. So the 14th and 15th Amendment, which was in 1870, granted black men the right to vote. So there is progress. Now, you might say they were promised 40 40 acres and a mule. That never happened. Uh, But there was some progress. They established the Freedmen's Bureau. That was established. During its years of operation, this bureau fed millions of people 
built hospitals, provided medical aid, negotiated labor contracts for ex-slaves, and they settled labor disputes. It also helped former slaves legalize marriage and locate their lost loved ones, and it assisted black veterans. So this, this, this borough was instrumental in building thousands of schools for blacks. Matter of fact, it built Howard University, Frisk University, uh, Hampton University, and it worked in conjunction with the American Missionary Association and, and other private charities. So black progress. But let me say this. With black progress, there's always a pushback. So end of the Civil War, the Reconstruction Act for slaves that try to get them integrated in society, mainly in the South, of course. And then we have the pushback in the summer of 1872 Congress responding to in part to pressure from white Southerners. They dismantle the Freedmen's Bureau. They get rid of it. And then you had this contested election. I'm going somewhere with this. History is very important, folks. We need to understand because I am saying we have been here before. This is nothing new for some of you. I know how shocking those images were and the fact of the democracy being shaken at its foundation. I understand that, but we've been here before. You see, in 1876, two major candidates running for president was Rutherford B. Hayes, who was a Democrat, who was a, a Republican, and then Samuel Tilden, who was a Democrat. Okay. So this is considered the compromise. Some people say 1876. Some people say 1877. The deadlock was broke behind closed doors. You remember Langford and others were calling for a presidential for electoral commission. Well, this was the first time when there, the first and only time when electoral commission was put together because of contested of a, of an election. The deadlock was broken behind closed doors when Southern Democrats, and that's important that you understand that title, Southern Democrats, agreed to support Hayes' claim for the presidency if he would support, number one, giving money for the railroad, but then number two, removing federal troops from the South. Now, you have to understand they had just dismantled um, the Freedmen's Bureau, right? They had gotten rid of that. And now you have this contested election. And now you have this uh, electoral commission. Then you have this secret meeting. And then you have this unwritten deal established that remove federal troops. Why is that important? Because the federal troops were there to enforce the 14th and 15th Amendment. They were there to ensure ex-slaves had rights and that they were protected. Okay. So from the late 1870s onward, Southern legislatures passed a series of laws requiring the separation of whites from person of color on public transportation in school and parks and restaurants, theaters, 
uh, in other locations, known as Jim Crow, when they removed those federal troops, it was the rise of Jim Crow, ending, ending any progress for black people. You see, Hayes' victory allowed for the Klan to flourish, and it created again the institution of Jim Crow. Now, let's come present here. January 6th. History is repeated. But let's be clear for a moment. It just didn't start on that day. This started with the rise of Obama. It started with black progress. Whenever there is black progress, there is a pushback. Imagine the enormity of being freed as a slave and having the pretense of some sort of support, some sort of uh, access to the political process and to protection of laws only to have it taken from you. And then the rise of Jim Crow. Now that's a pushback. So you had Obama, and then you had this guy that led the birther movement called Donald Trump that, that proclaimed that Obama was illegitimate. You know, when I hear these Republicans say that, that for years uh, the Democrats were saying Trump was, not leg- was illegitimate as a president, I think, well, first of all, our intelligence committee did a community did say that Russia was involved in the election and that they wanted him to get elected. So there's some sort of rationality toward that argument. But here is a guy that delegitimized Obama for years, for years, wouldn't even say that he was a citizen. And then during the Obama administration, white supremacy groups increased membership tenfold. The militia groups were created. Gun sales went through the roof. Republicans prided themselves on blocking everything he could possibly put forward. Matter of fact, the night of the election, Mitch McConnell said he will be a one term president that is my vow and then we come to this we come full circle we come to make america great again again Hmm. i just went through history we just sailed down history lane and and when was that great uh, you had a, I don't know if you want to call it a lull in the storm when blacks were freed, but then you had Jim Crow. And then you had the civil rights movement. And then they had the pushback after that. You might say, what was the pushback? Well, they assassinated Dr. King, Malcolm X. 
whenever, and I could go on and on, uh, Mega Evers, I can go on and on. So when we, we, we think about progress, we have to be aware there will be a pushback. And I've told this story a, a countless time. I had a colleague that I told her when Obama was running for the presidency, I said to her, I want him to win. But if he wins, it will unearth racism and hatred and bigotry like we have not seen in our days. And what happened? You got the rise of Trumpism, right? Trump is our modern day Rutherford B. Hayes. As Hayes removed the federal troops from the South and gave way to white supremacy, so did Trump. He removed the veil of racism, bigotry. He smashed the walls of xenophobia, sexism, hatred, and he normalized the worst elements in our society we have been here before yes we have america has been here before this is the bad news is that each and every time we have failed to rise to that moment each and every time we have not had the resolve to build this country and make it a place for all of its inhabitants. Each and every time we have failed. Each and every time. Now, someone will argue and say, now, hold on, Mike, now. We've made progress. Well, let me ask you a question. When are we going to get to the finish line? You see, you keep moving it. You see, every time I think that we're getting close, you keep moving it. So I, I, I can't keep running. I can't, I can't keep hydrating. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep doing it because you keep moving the goalposts on me. The South Carolina motto is, while I breathe, I hope. I'm still hoping. I'm still breathing. Arthur says those are his tactics, my brother. Create chaos, confusion, and doubt. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and he has been, he's been, he's an expert. He had 75 million people vote for him. But think about this. How powerful is a lie? When you can convince Thousands of people to march on the Capitol when you know you're lying. You know. Why do you know? Because six over 60 cases were thrown out. You can't prove anything in a court of law. And these were judges that you put on the bench that dismissed. Your train, your 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 claims, Mr. Trump. The Supreme Court, according to him, his Supreme Court justices refuse to hear it. But yet and still, the ability to con 
all of those people and get those people to turn on their own country in the name of Donald Trump. Wow, folks. Uh, we, 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 we've seen some things, but I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. There, there's something that we can do. We can do about this. Uh, folks, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come on back and finish this thing up. We have been here before. We have failed before. Will we succeed this time? I will be right back. This is Michael Eric Owens, host of the One Mike, One Voice show. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners all across the globe. Thank you for your undivided attention and for your conversation. You can catch us every Sunday on YouTube, 1230 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can also catch us on Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, on any one of those lovely, wonderful podcasting platforms you love to listen to. Please always remember, you can change the world. It's your choice. We have been here before. Maybe not just you and I, but the country has been here before. Do we continue to repeat the mistakes of the past or are we better? Can we be better? Can you and I be better? There's good news, folks. I'm going to give you some good news. We have another chance. (laughs) We have another chance. White supremacy is the greatest threat to our country. It's the greatest threat. I know we have this pandemic and that we're dealing with, and, and I'm happy to see people are being vaccinated, vaccinated and 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 hopefully soon sooner than later we will get a handle on this thing and get back to some type of normalcy in life but white supremacy is the greatest threat to our country why because it has always been a threat it should be labeled and dealt with as a public health crisis just like racism just like racism. White supremacy has been here from the beginning. It is a disease in the minds of too many white people. It is the cancer of American history. 
And it is currently represents who we are. I looked, I just wanted to see international coverage on the siege about the siege of the state capitol. And people were outraged. It was over all the major international newspapers and social platforms. America. The images that were going out. It is a representation of who we are. Now you might fool yourself and say, well, I don't, I don't have anything to do with this. This is your country. That is the people's house. And what that represented is that we have an element of white supremacy and white privilege. Because you know as well as I do, if there was a bunch of black folks marching on that, on the, come on. We, <laughs> listen, they would have mauled them down. You see how they showed up for the Black Lives Matter. They showed up like they, they were in military guard. We know that was a symbol of white supremacy, white privilege. They, some of them were let in, taking selfies with them. Also entitlement. We have a right to do this. What if there were Muslim brothers and sisters? Thousands of Muslims breaking into the state capitol. You see, black folks, black and brown folks, Muslim, we smarter than that. We know the outcome. But see, the hubris of white supremacy says this, I can do whatever I want to do. And I think, you know what I think, even with the mask and with all of these other regulations, it just appears to me that some white people, they have a difficulty in, in hearing no. They just can't take no. You see, but when you grow up black in this country, you understand no. Because it's a daily experience for you, what you cannot do. Oh, you may be able to do it, but you're going to pay 10 times the price as your white brothers and sisters, white supremacy. It is a cancer of American history, and it currently represents who we are. It is the biggest obstacle to making the Constitution and the Bill of Rights living documents for black and brown people. It is a major problem. But folks, the good news is we have a chance to eradicate it or at least push it to the margins of our society. Will you ever eliminate that? No, because parents are teaching their children. Because currently we live in a system that supports privilege because of the color of your skin. So it is the number one threat to the new America. Do you want to see things continue as they are? Are you happy with a country in turmoil? Are you satisfied with businesses closing? With thousands of people going to 
food banks throughout the country because they can't put food on their table. They can't find a job to support their families. Is this the America you want? Because this is the America Trump has left you. He didn't he didn't just leave you that. He left this element. This boiling. This it's not simmering anymore. It's boiling. Of white supremacy. He normalized it. It's out of the box. This is where we are at. And unless we begin, all of us, especially our white brothers and sisters, acknowledging the legacy of white supremacy in this country and the damage it has done to our ideas and our potential to be a great nation. White supremacy prevents that. We will never be a great nation. Why white supremacy rules. Now, I can hear you now. Hold on, Michael. You're criticizing the United States. Yes, I am. I'm criticizing this element of white supremacy. I'm criticizing this element that just smashed into the people's house that endangered those we have elected to represent us. And five people died. Five people died. They didn't have to die. Four of them died because they believed a lie. I I think it's the greatest lie in probably the history of the United States. Think about that for a moment. The lie of losing an election when all of the evidence says you lost. When you have tried every legal recourse and they still say you lost. Not just 5, 10, 15, over 60 cases. But people are so gullible. They're so naive. They, they have built into this element of white supremacy that this country belongs to white people. That America, they're so afraid that America is changing, is becoming more black and brown. And they are so afraid that they would believe this lie in the face of truth. They were, they were happy when he appointed all of these judges. Matter of fact, I heard when they said, when, you know, Trump supporters would say, well, I don't like his rhetoric, but you know what? He's did what he's promised. He's putting in these judges and he's got some Supreme Court judges. I, 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 I love that. But these judges that you love that he put in said he lost. But you don't believe them. You believe your cult master. Because it is. It's a cult. It's a cult, man. Brainwashed. Brainwashed in the face of truth. And I hear people now say, you know, we need to come together as a country. We need to unite. Okay. Let, let, me, let me say this to you. 
why that's 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 lofty and why that feels good that is ignorant it's ignorant it's the height of ignorance white supremacy is a historical problem that will not be solved by simply telling us we need to come together there needs to be an outright assault on white supremacy it needs to be eradicated it needs to be eliminated it needs to be taught in our schools early on it needs to be it needs to be discussed in any type of inclusion and diversity training at any organization white supremacy must be on the agenda because see just like white privilege you don't even see it. You're not even aware of it. Right? You just you just going about your everyday business because this is America. But you got you got really really two two major I think iconic things were captured, the symbolism of them. Well, maybe we can may say maybe three. Brother George Floyd yeah, the BL, BLM march and the siege, the insurrection at the state, U.S. state capitol. If you can't see white privilege in those, I mean, what just happened to the officer that shot Jacob Blake? Shot him four times in the back, two times in the side. No charges. He said, the, the, come on, y'all. They, some of these terrorists that have, that, 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 ha, that stormed the Capitol have been arrested. They found weapons on them. This man, they say he had a knife. He was reaching in the car. You shot him in the back. How in the world can your life be in danger? Don't you shoot from a distance? I mean, this is what we're talking about here. White supremacy rules. It's a cancer, again, of American history. And it currently represents who we are. And I don't like that. I don't like that. It needs to be eradicated. It is the number one priority. So what can you do? I knew you were wanting to ask that question. You know how sometime, in, you know, you in, you're in classroom and you want to ask a question, but you, you know, you don't want to seem like it's not a smart question. Then, you know, then the teacher will say, there's no dumb question. I've always debated that. But I know you, you, what can you do? Okay. Number one, we need an all-out assault on the individual's institutions and organizations that support and stand for white supremacy. Listen, folks, we, we can no longer, what's, what's this guy, my pillow guy. Okay. The big Trump supporter, my pillow guy. I, I, I thought his pillows looked like junk anyway. I wouldn't have bought them anyway, but you know what? I'm talking about organ companies like that. Don't support, call them out. Call them out. Um, 
boycott. Spread the word. It needs to be in our dialogue. It needs to be in our conversation, especially on social media. If you hear about a company, an individual, call them out. The only way that we're going to have accountability, folks, we can't sweep this under the rug. Just because Joe Biden is in there now and Kamala Harris is in there now and they have one of the most diverse cabinets, the most diverse cabinets in the history of this country. And I want to give him credit for that. And I'm going to get to Biden here in a minute. But I'm saying we need to, in all out of salt, boycott, spread the word, flood these advertisers who support news agencies. That support white supremacy. That make money off of it. We need to. And as I put on Facebook, mega should be banned just like the Confederate flag. It should be banned. That is a symbol of white supremacy. It's a symbol of hate, bigotry, racism, discrimination, xenophobia, sexism. That is, to me, that's like the Nazi symbol. Make America great again. It should be banned. Um, I wouldn't even put it in a museum. It's an ugly hat, too. It looks stupid. Financially support, listen, programs like this and others and organizations fighting against white supremacy. Folks, we, what I'm trying to point out to you is that we need to do something. We can't sit back. I mean, all the work and the effort of voting and organizing and, and getting the new administration in there and winning the, 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 the Senate, that was amazing. That's what we can do when we come together. It is possible for the person that says, well, how does voting matter? Shut up. Shut up. You just saw it. If, if they did not win the Senate, Mitch McConnell has already showed you he will never let reparations come to the floor. But now he ain't got no choice. Mm. Yeah. Real police reform. Oh, wow. Now that can come to the floor. <laughs> yes, folks, give President Biden a chance. I'm not going to call him president-elect because he's been president all alone. Trump just been in office. He ain't done nothing presidential. Give him a chance. And I understand. I I understand the skepticism. I understand that nothing ever seems to work out. I understand that when there's some progress, there's a pushback. Folks, this is, I'm, we come in full circle here. This is progress. This is progress. Even in the midst, why is there a pushback ongoing? Because it's progress. Those four things. Let's go back and I'm going to wrap this up. Those four things. Freedom, equality, right to vote, participation in a democracy. This is what Joe Biden said he's going to work for. 
that the Constitution represents us all, that there will be programs, economic programs, housing programs, business, funds available. Strengthen our voting system. We have so, folks, we have been under attack from state to district trying to prevent black and brown people from voting. The the attack is even higher now. The desire to prevent that is even higher now. Okay? And participation. His cabinet represents that. I'm very pleased to see black, brown, white, Asian. Oh, man. His cabinet is representing America. So we have a chance. We have to give him a chance. But we have to hold him accountable. I mean, this is we're not being naive. We understand. We we understand that. Yeah, we voted. But you need to come through. You need to make it happen. You got to Congress now. You need to make things happen because realistically, it was black and brown people that put Joe Biden over the top. Yeah. And you know what? Just like just like those other constituents, when you when they get you in office and you say you, yeah, you owe them, you owe us. And you owe this country. If we want to build an America that recognizes all of us, where we are protected by the laws equally, where we have equal opportunity, where we can coexist together, just not tolerate each other, what we have to do is give him a chance. But what we must do And what he must do is destroy white supremacy in this country. Nothing will change. You can change some laws. You can institute some economic programs. You can, you, your, your, your cabinet can be diverse. But if we don't deal with white supremacy, Listen, folks, a new beginning or return to the past. We have our chance. We failed before. Let's seize this moment and make it different. But we have to fight. Because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep, into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. We can make a difference if we try. We can be the change that's in our lives. We gotta raise our children better. We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love. One mic, one voice.
You can change the world, it's your choice. One mind, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mind, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mind, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. Take a moment and subscribe and share. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platform. Thank you for your continued support and for your voice. You can change the world. It's your choice. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Mike, One Voice show are not the views, thoughts, and opinions of our sponsors.